So Genesis 41, I'm going to start in verse 15. I see the paragraph starts in verse 14. I'll start back there. It says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill-favored, and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. And so I awoke. And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears withered, thin and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears, blasted with the east wind, shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art, thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And I'll stop there. And I'm going to pray before 
continue here. Lord, again, we just thank you for your word, and I ask your blessing on the reading of it this morning, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that you would help um, help me as I'm speaking this morning, that the things that I say would be of help in some way, Lord, um, and that I would be speaking truth and that I would be honoring you in everything that I say this morning, and just help us to um, to learn, to grow, to, to draw closer to you through this time. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So obviously you noticed I didn't go to Matthew, which is my normal. <laughs> and I would be getting to this topic, more or less, pretty soon in Matthew. Um, we'll look maybe briefly at Matthew 24. But time-wise, I just felt like it was important to preach this now <laughs> because of the time. And so I hope that this comes across as clear as, as it can be. Um, I hope that there's, you can go on tangents with this. You can go off from what Scripture really guides us in in this. And so I'm trying to be as careful as I can in the way that I'm doing it. And I'm sure I'm not going to do a complete job of explaining all aspects of what I'm about to say. So forgive me for that. Um, I'm trying and I'll do my best to, to have a balanced view here. But I'm going to start off. I have been, I pay attention to news some, <laughs> um, particularly over the last three years for some reason, the news has become kind of an important thing in some, in some way. And so as much as you get sick of it, I've actually started paying attention to what is going on. I do listen and, and I'm sure most of you noticed the same things that I noticed over the last, well, the last couple of years, when the news would say something, they would tend to hint at what might be down the road. And we could predict what the government was about to do based on a very subtle hint that the news would give. And so if some person would suggest that maybe some particular lockdown or some measure might be, you were almost guaranteed within weeks, that is what was going to happen. And you could really look forward prophetically. No, not, it wasn't prophetically, but it's just like you could read what was going on based on what was being said. And you could kind of look into the future like, oh, I see what direction this is going. And you just knew that this wasn't going to let go. You know, everyone's hoping, oh, it's going to lift, it's going to lift. It's like, this isn't going to lift. There's a, been a hint here that we're going to get locked down harder. And so these things were just kind of, if you started to pay attention, you could kind of glean some of this stuff and see ahead of what was coming, which kind of concerns me. And now, like, you look at some stuff and you I look at it differently than I used to look at. And now it's like, it's not only what, that we're being told is like, what are they wanting me to think <laughs> based on what I'm being told? Um, what are they preparing me to 
to get my mind ready to accept based on the, the headlines. And I probably have too many that I grabbed here. And a couple of these might be out of date, but most of them were um, like this month, many this week. And so here's just a, a few. Um, CTV says, as sanctions, this is just the headline, I'm not reading the articles. As sanctions bite Russia, fertilizer shortage imperils world food supply. Global news, food shortages, Russia's war on Ukraine threatens global food supply. Grocery stores could close if labor, I don't know who this one was, this is kind of in the middle of something. Grocery stores could close if labor and product shortages worsen, experts say. Grocery stores are struggling with rising labor and product shortages that experts warn could threaten Canada's food security. Today, it's a YouTube channel, said Russia's naval blockage of grain threatens food shortage. KTLA said, we're in a crisis. Farmers sound alarm over coming food shortage. Fox 29 News says, world has 10 weeks supply of wheat, expert tells UN Security Council. CNN opinion, the world is on the brink of a food shortage. And that wasn't the opinion part. Here's the opinion part. Here's what the US government and businesses can do to help. So here's, a, here's the issue. The world is on the brink of a food shortage. And here's my opinion on how to deal with it. Bloomberg, US baby formula shortage rate jumps to 70% as crisis worsens. Houston was nearly out of formula last week with 90% of stock gone as supplies dwindled in many cities and states. The New York Times, baby formula shortage revealed gaps in regulation and reporting. CTV Calgary, baby formula shortage starting to affect Lethbridge parents. There's a similar one for Nova Scotia. Climate.gov, US Spring Outlook 2022, Drought to expand amid warmer conditions. CBS, Western US may be entering its most severe drought in modern history. LA Times, today's headlines, all types of drought at once. And I'll read just a little bit of this article just to explain what that means. It says, the mega drought in the West, where humans, vegetation, and soil are competing with a sky that's pulling water from the land at a more forceful rate is a creeping disaster, said a re researcher. This year, we'll probably join 2020, sorry, 2002 and 2021 as the three driest years in the last century and most likely the driest since the 1700s. Drought manifests in different forms, including decreased rainfall, low stream and groundwater levels, thirsty crops, insufficient community supplies, or struggling ecosystems. When it starts to feel really bad is when all those types of drought are essentially happening at the same time. And that's the kind of where we're at right now, says one scientist. So, good news. The New York Times says, how bad is the Western drought? Worst in 12 centuries, study finds. ABC News, expanding drought leaves Western US scrambling for water. And I'll end with this one. The LA Times, the current drought is worldwide. 
here's how different places are fighting it, and then it carries on. So here I'm reading <laughs> bad news, bad news, bad news, right? And that's all the news is for anyway, is to scare us. But I'm not, I'm not reading this to scare us. I'm just pointing that there's a trend in the news. Um, I listen to not the main news for most of what I try to gather for information, and they've been talking about food shortage, drought, the problems with the grain issues from Ukraine, the baby formula problems. And then when I'm in my vehicle, I usually turn on the radio. And if, if I can catch on the hour, I'll get the CBC version of the news. And noticed that they're talking about the same things. And they were interviewing a man that, I don't know where in the States, somewhere in the States, where he had to drive a thousand miles to find the special baby formula that his child needed because it was born premature and needs a special formula. And he could, couldn't find it anywhere within a thousand miles of his home. And so this is, these things are happening. We're hearing it kind of in the background and on the mainstream news. They're warning about, okay, there's the wars. That's, Wars, there's rumors of wars, there's droughts, there's famines, there's disease. What does the Bible say about it? We'll turn to Matthew 24. And I'm not going to get deep into what Matthew 24 has to say, but I'm just going to read a few verses just to kind of say what I just said. Matthew 24, verse 3 says, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And you see this? This is the beginning of sorrows, and it says, you see these things, and the end is not yet. <laughs> We're just getting started. We're going to start seeing, and we call these, these birth pains, right? Is, there's signs that stuff's going on, and people have been looking at these verses and comparing the world to these verses forever. Um, I'm not saying that today is the fulfillment of these verses, and this is it. I'm just saying... It fits, and we look around and we can see that the Bible warns that these things are going to happen. It's going to be a, a getting a worse as the end approaches. And so there's something about it's written there for our, for our learning. We're given this information that it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse before the end comes which means before 
the actual tribulation starts, we're going to start seeing some of these things happening. Um, now, you get into the tri tribulation and you get more of these things, worse, worse of all of this. Revelation 6, I'll just read a few verses here. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say that this doesn't apply directly to us today, but it's what is coming. So Revelation 6, I'll just start in verse 1. It says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering. And... And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And behold, sorry, beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. See, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And I'll stop there. But you see, that final one, he's given the power over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger. <laughs> kill with death. <laughs> but he's being, you're, you're killing people with hunger. Things are going to continue to get worse. And as you enter into the tribulation, you really see the culmination of, of these things. But as we're looking at entering that tribulation period, we're going to face some of that. And we need to be ready to face some of those things. There's a number of Old Testament prophecies, and you can turn to many different places. I'm just going to go to um, Joel chapter 1. chapter 1, starting in verse 10. It says, The field is wasted. The land mourneth, for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen. Howl, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field, are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. Howl, ye ministers of the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. 
we could continue. There's more in there. Um, verse 17 says, The seed is rotten under their clods. The garners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. These verses describe droughts and famines. It's The harvest is failing. Um, there's a food shortage. And this is a, a prophetic passage and I'm not going to try to claim to know where exactly it's pointing us to but we can look through numerous places in Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah all speak of very similar events to come um, basically that we consider in, in the last days there's a passage and there's a few um, like Deuteronomy and that area but I'll look in one in Leviticus Leviticus chapter 26. It basically mentioned it. Um, I didn't point it out in the passage in Joel, but this is very similar, and it, it gives a reason why some of these things happen. So Leviticus uh, chapter 26, starting in verse 14. It says, but if you will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhorred my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning egg, that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies, that they, they that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Let's see where I was going. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass and your strength shall be spent in vain and your land shall not yield her increase neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits and so here we see God's going to withhold the land from being productive because the people didn't honor God didn't follow his commandments and so I think we see a world overall, especially locally, <laughs> that does not honor God in, in any way, shape, or form, um, is throwing things in God's face that God very clearly says ought not to be done, and we're just, up, our world is lifting these things up and praising these disgusting sins, and you expect that God's going to sit by and, and not respond. But this is what God says he will do. This is how he's going to respond. So my question is we, we, we understand these things happen. They're predicted to happen. We're promised in scripture that these things are going to happen. We're going to face food shortages and droughts and all of these types of problems are going to come into our world. And we're going to face them if we're approaching the last days, which most of us think we are, 
we need to expect some hard times ahead. I know we hope to get caught out of here, but there's a, a, a development, a process building to that, um, as Jesus points out in Matthew 24. And so the question comes is, can and should we try to prepare ourselves to deal with what we know is coming? I look at what we started with in Genesis. We see this story of Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, you know that the process to get him to where he was at that moment was not a nice process. And in the end, we know it ends with his family, who had sold him into slavery, coming, looking for food, and he's the one with the food, <laughs> selling the food. And when he sees his brothers there, and when finally they learn who he is, and Jacob dies, they expect him to lash out against them. But he says to them, you thought this for evil, but God meant it for good. God can use whatever our, our circumstance for our good, even the worst circumstance that we enter into in life, sometimes puts us exactly where God wants us and prepares us for these things. And so God used that to put Joseph in a prison where he had already, through God, interpreted some other servant's dream. And then this servant goes back and is restored to his service. And he, at this point, years later, remembers as Pharaoh's looking for someone to interpret the dream, he's like, oh, someone interpreted my dream back in prison. He's probably still there. And they pull him out, and, and here he comes and interprets the dream. And the dream is basically what all of our headlines are, right? <laughs> it's that food shortages are coming. It's time to get ready. And he, Joseph, the, the dream didn't give the answer of what to do. Joseph gave the answer of what to do. Joseph had wisdom and said, if there are seven years of plenty and we know that seven years of drought are following where we're not going to get anything, we need to do something during that first seven years to get ready for the second seven years. And he says, take a fifth. And that doesn't even seem like much. Like when you start looking at all the people from the regions around that didn't take part in this preparation, they only kept a fifth put aside for the future. And yet they were able to sell to all the region around that were in this famine through that whole seven-year period. There's some wisdom in what Joseph did and in how he dealt with this. And um, he ended up causing Pharaoh to own every bit of land and every person <laughs> all around. <laughs> Because they all sold themselves to get that little bit of food to fill their belly. And it was through the forethought that Joseph had, based on the information he had of what was to come, that made that possible. So when we, and our tendency is to, to read Matthew um, chapter 6, which says, lay not up treasure on earth. And it says, take no thought 
what you shall eat or what you shall drink. And people quote this verse as like, well, I'm not supposed to plan ahead and store up extra. Like, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's saying, don't lay up your treasures. Don't put your hope and your faith in the stuff that you have. He ends that statement, says you cannot serve both God and mammon. If you're serving and striving for and putting your trust in your preparations, in, in, your, in whatever you've done, if all of your hope is in that, then your hope's in the wrong spot. But if God gives you warning that something is going to happen, there's a lot of scripture that tells us we ought to do something to prepare for what we know is coming down the road. And I don't know if I have the, I'm sure I do, but we may even get there. There's a, there's a verse that talks about if a man comes to the Lord and he was previously a thief, it says, let that man work with his hands and let him steal no more. But the purpose is so that he can give to those in need. <laughs> so the thief no longer sits and, and just takes. We're, we're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to lay up something in store so that we have something to give people that are in need. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's back up here. There's a little bit of wisdom if you want to follow me, I'm just going to scroll through the book of Proverbs a little bit. Um, so Proverbs, we're starting chapter 21 of Proverbs. Proverbs 21:20 says, "There is treasure to be desired." And oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man spendeth it up. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. That means, is this contradicting what Jesus is saying? <laughs> no, it's not. Our hope doesn't lie in those things that are in our homes. But when God gives us the wisdom and we work hard, we will have those things. We will have laid aside the oil and the grain and we'll have the things in our home and the foolish won't have those things. But the foolish man spendeth it up. Oh, I'm not supposed to lay in store. Jesus said to trust in him, so I just can spend all the money that I ever earn. I'll have no savings and I'll have no <laughs> nothing to show for my work. That's not the wisdom that God gives. That's not the direction that God gives. Chapter 22, verse 3, says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So here's the prudent man seeth or foreseeth the evil, meaning I look at the headlines of the news, I listen to what's being said, and I'm like, oh, I think something's coming that I need to do something about. And so I'm going to do something to get ready for what's coming is 
And whether that was COVID or <laughs> food shortages or, or whatever, war may be coming. There's things that we can do. There's nothing we can do to be a complete safeguard and protect ourselves completely against anything. God is in charge of those things. We'll look at that. But, but there are things we can do with wisdom to make ourselves as ready as we are able to make ourselves. And the Bible says that a prudent man does that. Chapter 27. Verse 12. Says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. It's the exact same verse. Remember, it was doubled to Pharaoh in the dream because God had established it. This is, this is something you need to pay attention because I've said it twice. Here's something you need to pay attention because he said it twice. And then in chapter 28, verse 19, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. And there's just a principle of working and being diligent to provide for what you need. We have these scriptures that tell us that we need to be diligent in looking at what's going on around us and to take steps to be able to handle those things. Now, I believe we're to prepare for events that we can foresee. When the, just, just common sense, basic stuff. We live in an area that's prone to forest fires. Our fire department, every year, gives out information of how to prepare your property to be able to withstand a forest fire. And just simple stuff is cleaning up junk that's lying around that's combustible, not storing old wood under your buildings, trimming your trees up several feet so there's no branches laying low by the grass. So if there's a grass fire, it doesn't spread into the, to the trees and, and beyond. There's all these different things and watering the grass. And there's the steps you can take so that your home is as protected as it can be from the potential forest fire that we know happens in our area. That's just basic common sense. Do the, do the things that are, prepare for the things that may happen. And so these are things we can foresee this possible event and I can do some, take some steps. Does it always work? No. <laughs> Am I guaranteed my house isn't gonna burn down if I do all these things? No, there's no guarantee, but you have a better chance than those that don't do it. So that's kind of, what the scripture is pointing us towards. Now, what's the purpose of us doing these things? And this is where we need to look at and think about why. If I'm just doing this for my survival, that I, you know, I've, we have a property that's secluded, <laughs> lots of acres, lots of bush, and I want to build my home at the farthest corner of that bush, as far away from people as I can possibly. But 
if that's my whole goal, is just to keep me alive and away from people, then I've missed the whole point. If it's just about your survival, yeah, you're, you're going against what the Bible says. There's more to it. If survival is it, like, where's your faith? <laughs> when Paul is in prison, facing death, in Philippians 1.21, he, he says, to die is gain. <laughs> if I was to be killed today, I am in better place than if I had, was to stay here and continue working. But he also saw that there was a need for him to carry on preaching, that God had a use for him here. And so, okay, well, if I've got to, if I have to live a little longer, then fine, I'll do it. And I'll keep doing what God has given me to do. I'll minister to the people that God has given me to minister to. And that's the attitude that we should have. It's like, if I'm working to survive, it should be so that I can continue to do God's work, not so that I can just stay alive in my isolated little corner of the world, away from all those horrible things that are going on out there. That's the wrong attitude. Ephesians 4.28. Ephesians 4, verse 28. Um, there it is. Says that him that this is the verse I was trying to quote earlier. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. That should be our purpose. Now, we are to work with our hands, so that we have to give to him that needeth. You, that means that you shouldn't be one of the ones knocking on someone's door in need <laughs> in those circumstances. If you've seen the warning, it's your job to put something aside, get ready to do the preparation that you can do so that you are able to help others. That's part of a Christian walk is to be able to help others, to help those in need. And so we should be trying to get ourselves in as best position as we can so that we can be that help to others. If we become the burden, that's not much of a testimony of Christ providing for us, is it? And so we need to make sure that we're on the, on the giving side and not on the receiving side in times of need. Should put a plug out for the fire department at that point, right? Is we joined the fire department so that I can, I've put myself in as best position as possible to be able to help people in need. And I have an opportunity to be a testimony to our community through that. And others have followed that example and joined as well because we, we see that that's what God would have us to do, to try to be a help to our community if we're able to be that. So the question becomes is how, how do we be that? It, it requires some forethought. It requires me 
looking ahead and seeing what the possible dangers are. And um, Deadman's Charmaine talks about, like, we, we look at them like, you're not that prepared for much. But she has lived out in this area her whole life. And she understands that every spring, anywhere from the beginning of May to the end of June, we're likely to be cut off by floods. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody noticed, there was a whole bunch of roads in our area got washed out by floods. We just happened to not get any of those washouts in our area blocking us off, although Brian and Fonda, you guys briefly were cut off there. So, but Charmaine made the point, it was like, I know that at this time of year, I go and do some extra shopping, so I have some extra things at home, so if there's a few days or a week, whatever it is, where we're out of power or where we can't get out of our road, until those things get repaired, then we're able to get through that crisis, right? So that's just one of the things that we ought to do is always have, especially there's not a single person here whose grandparents every year planted a garden, <laughs> every fall canned a whole bunch of stuff and had a pantry stocked full of stuff. And I remember growing up, we always had so much stuff stocked in that pantry that, like, there was stuff years old. You dig to the back, like, how long has this been? <laughs> it's good, a good thing, you know, you write dates on the, the lids of these jars because some of that stuff has been there for years. And sometimes you try it and sometimes you don't. <laughs> it's sealed and everything seems good. Well, let's go for it. But, but those are the just normal things in the past. Our society has turned into a right, you know, uh, what do they call it? Just-in-time Just supply chain, where there is nothing stored up. It's, uh, it arrives here as it gets used. And this baby formula thing, well, there's a problem. There was a recall. But there was, there's a number of events that has created this shortage. Um, but if there was any forethought at all, why are babies, babies are literally starving to death right now. You have to be a mind reader. Well, you just have to pay attention, I think. <laughs> and, and to give a little thought into what might happen. And to be prepared to deal with these things. But this just-in-time delivery system just doesn't work. When things get cut off, when there's some disruption in it, we run out of toilet paper at the grocery store. You know what causes the toilet paper shortage? The news, because they said people are hoarding toilet paper. Well, that probably wasn't true until they said it on the news. And then people started, everybody started hoarding toilet paper. We need to, so if we always had more than three rolls sitting on the shelf, it shouldn't have been an issue that the grocery stores were out of toilet paper for a week or two. But it was a major issue to a lot of people, wasn't it? Because nobody plans ahead and just has a little bit extra there and it's just it's just a common sense way of living um, and the reason i said i said i i needed i felt the need to preach this today not next week or several weeks down the road you need to plant a garden <laughs> if if our world is saying that there is a food shortage coming the grocery stores are going to run out of food how are you going to feed your family? How are you going to be able to provide for somebody that's in need? 
Well, if you just sit here waiting for it to happen, and I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not saying the news is right and there's going to be a shortage and we're all going to starve to death. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a warning there and we have the opportunity to do something about it. And look, it's springtime. It's time to plant the garden. So, <laughs> go dig a hole in the ground and put something in there. Um, if you need potatoes, <laughs> I, I know a source. <laughs> but potatoes are like, okay, so we grew potatoes last year and we have, I don't know, 1,500 pounds of potatoes in our basement that I'm going to have to bury in a hole somewhere pretty soon. But potatoes are a food that people can actually survive on. And it's one of the easiest things to grow, easy to store, easy, like, it just, it is its own seed. Like, you don't have to try to harvest seeds or anything else off. It's just like, grow a little extra, make sure you don't eat it all, and then put the rest in the ground in the spring, and it grows again, and produces four times of what you put in the ground easily. These are just simple things. Um, something that we should all be doing just, just because, right? We just, this is the time. And if there's a warning out there that there may be a food shortage coming, remember, all of this, and I said, we do have to depend on God. I can't depend on me doing this. I, I depended on Jen to plant tomatoes three months ago. So we have the plants to put in the ground. Like, well, they didn't survive or whatever. It just didn't. So thankfully, Jeff has some extras, and <laughs> so he can give to those in need. <laughs> we shouldn't be the one in need, right? Um, these are just some basic things that we can do. Um, I had a thought going there, but it's gone. Anyway, Proverbs 6 says, consider the ant, and is they, they harvest in the summer so that they have the food in the winter to continue to eat. We ought to be doing the same thing. Is Oh, the thought I, there, it came back, sorry. If I'm depending on my preparations, my garden, my ability to provide, do you remember all of these verses I read initially prophesying of the droughts and the hard times? It says... The grain didn't grow. The apple tree didn't produce. We can, right now, we can plant because we're in an area that isn't a complete drought. It was a pretty bad drought last summer. Our potato, our main potato field, didn't produce hardly anything. It was our secondary one that was planted theoretically too late, but we had a good fall and we had a bunch of rain in the fall and that field produced by God's grace. But it's going to be by God's grace. God provides the increase. We can just do what we're able to do. We still have to depend on God to provide the increase, to give the yield. And there's going to come a day when that yield isn't coming. And Lord willing, we won't be here for that day, but do the best that we can to prepare until that day comes. Don't be the person looking for the handouts be the one handing out if you can. And it gives you that opportunity. How did you know to 
do this? Why are you doing this? Well, because my Bible said <laughs> that to look forward to perceive the evil that's coming and do something about it. And so I did. And here it is. And here's, I can be a blessing to you and give you the gospel at the same time. Right? That's, that's the whole purpose of all of it. It's not, if it's for my personal survival and my personal well-being, I've missed the whole point of the Bible and the scripture and the guidance that it's giving us. So if I'm doing this stuff and setting stuff aside, it better be for a better purpose than just my personal survival. And I better stop at that. Let's pray. Lord, again, we just uh, we thank you for your word and for the wisdom that it provides. And Lord, I just there are so many ways of looking at this. Um, we need to be careful not to become selfish and self-centered in the way that we do this, but to at least look to you for wisdom um, to make sure that we are doing what you have shown us that we can do and then put our trust in you and allow you to, to work through us in these times, Lord. So, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to help us in all these things. In Christ's name, amen.